Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. What did he have? At that moment, he had either a gift of faith, a gift of knowledge. He had a supernatural healing. He had one of the gifts that just rose up. I mean, no way you and I are going to say that in the natural. But supernaturally, Peter knew in his heart that God was going to heal this man right now. You know the end of the encounter. God healed him. Throughout church history, there have been men and women who claim to have supernatural gifts from God. Most often, they claim to be able to heal people of various diseases. Sometimes, unfortunately, these people have been shown to be fakes, deceiving the followers of Jesus. Pastor Mark will be teaching about the authentic gifts from God. He'll explain what they are and why they're given. You'll find out God's endgame in providing these gifts and when and where it's appropriate for them to be used. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 as he continues his message called Spiritual Gifts. These gifts are really for public use as far as me giving a manifestation gift to an individual, a word to them, an encouragement to them. Some of them, a few of them, can be operated in a small group in a believer setting, but they're all basically for the body. There's only really one gift, and it differentiates from the gift that I'll talk about, the gift of tongues. The gift of tongues that we're going to see here and the interpretation of tongues is in a big setting. When Paul gets to chapter 14... He'll start out and he say, everybody should pray to have the gift of prophecy, to speak a word of encouragement, build up, exhort. But then he says, I wish, second verse is a strange verse, I wish that you all spoke in tongues. Now, what he means by that is not in church service, but he means the private prayer language. So don't get confused with that. There's so much confusion even when you mention tongues. I hate to even mention it, but it's here, so we're going to go through it. It's okay. You can understand it. It's not weird. It's an amazing gift. But again, it's not the public gift we're talking about. So you don't need to write this, but I hope you get this in your mind. Why did God give us these gifts? Here it is. The mangle is very simple. It's very clear. It's to spiritually profit others. It isn't about you. It isn't about you. It's to benefit other people. And by the way, how many of you know when you give and you bless other people, how many of you know that you're more blessed than they are? Well, how do I know that's spiritually true? What does the Bible say? It's more blessed to give than it is received. 
Now, the problem is, does that go against your nature? No, none of you. I'm sure it doesn't go against your nature. It goes against all our nature, doesn't it? Because we're selfish people. So that was the problem in Corinth. So Paul is going to explain to us how this goes. Now, realistically, he doesn't define all of these. So we have to look through Scripture and kind of help to define ourselves. And it's not that difficult. We're going to classify them. Some people don't classify them like that. I think it just helps a little bit, all right? So we're going to go through the purpose of these gifts, again, are to build one another up. And each of them, the Holy Spirit gives them as he wills. So every single Christian can have one or more of these nine gifts as the Holy Spirit wills. And we're asked to pray for them. If I need that, I can do it. It's different than the gifts we see in Romans 12 which are kind of resident gifts. You're a person of mercy. You're a person that's a giver. You just, we're all to be givers, but some people, they just give, 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 give. And typically that doesn't change in your life. That's a gift that God has given you. It's kind of resident with you. These gifts come and go. We'll see that as we move through. So all of us can have these gifts. So here's kind of the three lists that I'll give you. Here's the first list. You could write this down. The first three we would categorize as discerning gifts. It's the power to know. And it's the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. So we begin in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We just classify these. Man has done this. Discerning gifts, the power to know. The Spirit gives us that ability. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another the message of knowledge. By means of the same spirit. Now here comes the definition. Don't copy, please. Word of wisdom. Remember, a word of wisdom. It's a supernatural utterance at a given moment through the spirit, supernaturally disclosing the mind, purpose, and the way of God as applied to a specific situation. It is not common sense wisdom. It is not even wisdom that comes from a Bible study. Where when you get done, you go, wow, that, I get it now. I really get it. We know the beginning of wisdom is to fear God. This is supernatural. There's a situation. I think you'll be able to see it very clearly. A word comes just at the right time. There's a problem. The word comes. It's not something you're thinking about. I can't wait till I get to that meeting. I'm going to give them a word of wisdom. It's something that comes from the spirit. And after you give it, you go, whoa. I've been able to use that gift for numbers of time. And afterward, you don't say anything. You just go, wow, that's amazing. You go home and you go, where did that come from? That was God. And the danger when that happens, when a person receives it and it goes, ah, that's it. What's the danger for the person giving it? Well, need a word of wisdom. I'm open from nine to 10 on Tuesdays. (laughs) Can you see the danger? It's useful in preaching, teaching, and counseling. But it's useful one-on-one. As we minister. Now, Acts chapter 6, and I'm going to go through some of these quick. You remember in Acts chapter 6, there was a problem in the church. The Greek and the Jewish widows were having trouble, and there was all kind of disruption. And the apostles got together and they said, Look, we've got to kind of solve this thing. And so they said, Pick out among you seven men full of wisdom, full of spirit, so we can get back to doing what we're supposed to do, pray and study to teach the word of God. When that word came forth, that word of wisdom came forth, they didn't turn to the Bible and go, well, let me see, let's see how Psalms 12 applies here. That was a word that came from God. Notice, this proposal pleased what? 
the whole group. I've been rarely in a place where everybody agrees with what you just said. I mean, come on. So this proposal pleased the whole group. What happened as a result of that? So the word of God spread. The number of disciples of Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. See, it's doing what? Expanding the body. It's expanding the body of Christ. There was a supernatural word of wisdom that came. It wasn't that disciples get together and say, what do you want to say? What do you want to say? What do you want to say? One of them had that word, came from God, and that solved the issue. So again, remember, the purpose of the gifts is to build up the body and expand the kingdom. It's interesting that we're not told exactly who even said that word, probably for a purpose. Now, what is the word of knowledge? The word of knowledge is a supernatural revelation that reveals knowledge about people, circumstances, or biblical truth. It doesn't come again from our natural mind. Uh, you, you didn't Google it and go, I know this person. Let me Google it. Let me get the Facebook now. I'm going to tell all about that. It doesn't come from any of that. It operates obviously with the gift of prophecy and, of course, really wisdom because wisdom is application of the knowledge. Remember one day Jesus said this. Now, turn with you in your Bibles really quick. John chapter 4. You know the situation. And let's watch how Jesus operated with this word of knowledge. Jesus meets this woman at the well. Remember, God said to him that morning in his quiet time, you need to go through Samaria. So he meets a woman at the well. He's never met her. She doesn't know him at all. They enter into this conversation. Look down at verse 16. As they're talking, a Samaritan woman, they're not even supposed to be together. Look what Jesus says in verse 16, John 4. He told her, go call your husband and come back. Verse 17, I have no husband, she replied. And Jesus said to her, really? I didn't know that. Now, see, he didn't look her up on Facebook. You take the word of knowledge out of this situation, and you have no changed life. You have no changed town. But the word of knowledge is going to change everything. Watch what happens. And Jesus says, To her, you are right when you say you have no husband. Now, here's the knowledge. The fact is, you've had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. Now, where did Jesus get that? That was a word of knowledge. As he looked at her, boom, there it is. And notice what she says at the end of it. What you have just said is, no, you got it wrong. I only had four husbands. No, she says it's what? It's exactly right. And because of that, notice the next word that she uses there. What she say in the next verse? I perceive you're a prophet. You've spoken a word that can't be from Satan or from human knowledge. It's from God. What happens as a result of this? She becomes a believer. Whole town comes out and many people become a believer. The word of knowledge comes. Now, where could God use that? could be used in a small group, could be, see, we have to be aware that that can happen. And so we pray for that. We pray for wisdom. We're not going to stop in a situation and go, you know, I'm going to pray for this now. No, this is stuff that we have to begin practicing ourselves and listening to the Spirit speak to us, okay? Now, let's go to the next one. Go back to 1 Corinthians 12. This is a huge one. Look at verse 10, the last part of verse 10. To another distinguishing between spirits. Here it is. Discerning of spirits is the God-given ability 
to distinguish between spiritual manifestations that are from the Holy Spirit or an evil spirit or a human spirit. You see, it's the ability, the supernatural ability to tell the difference between what is true and false doctrine, what is from the Holy Spirit, what isn't. Now, why did God give us that kind of discerning spirit? Well, because our world is in conflict. In this room right now, there's spiritual warfare happening. There's angels here, and there's demons here. And if we're not careful, our ears are open to both. And it's always like that. See, it's like radio waves that you and I can't hear, but it's happening. It's battling. And so the real world is a spiritual world. It's not flesh and blood. We are flesh and blood, but the battle is spiritual. The enemy is an amazing deceiver. He sometimes appears as an angel of light. And here's what you'll discover with spiritual deception. Satan knows to have enough true things in the things these people say, and yet begins to work in just a few that are detrimentally total disaster. See, he rarely ever comes and goes, it's all wrong. He just likes to play with it. And that's how we come with false doctrine. And some of the churches, as you know, won't even need to mention them. Jesus isn't God. But they believe in Jesus, and they believe in this, and they believe in that, and they believe in God, and they believe in the Bible. And so you wow, pretty good. But some of the key ones, they're deceived by. Now, why did God give this? Well, we need this because it's a defense against satanic deception. Let me read you First Timothy chapter 4. Just listen. The Spirit clearly says that in latter times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. So it's very important that we are in churches where the leadership understands spiritual deception. If the leadership doesn't understand spiritual deception, then the sheep are going to be led astray. And so all through the Bible, we see that warning. Paul says when he leaves the Ephesian elders, now from within you, people are going to rise up and they're going to destroy the church. Watch out. We read through 1 John. Be careful. Test the spirits. Make sure that is from God. Well, it sounds good. The person I know, they're, they're terrific. No, prophecies, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, those things have to be tested by the word of God and by the elders and the pastors in the church. Now, because of this deception, that's why God placed shepherds to not only feed the flock, what else does a shepherd do? He guards the flock. Because, and I'll say it kindly, I'm a sheep already, so you don't have to worry about it, because sheep are dumb. We've already told you that many times, right? And I don't mean that in a funky way, but we just kind of follow wherever. And so, once again, this gift is going to do what? It's going to protect the body to be straight. Jesus, John, Paul, Peter, and the disciples demonstrated this gift of discernment. They all knew this gift of discernment. They used it over and over again. Whoa, what are you, man, you're lying. Over and over and over again. A few years ago, we had a very difficult thing over in Lakeland. It was worldwide. It was from Satan. And I rarely ever really speak about that 
because I just want to be known for what we're for, not against. But I felt led by the Spirit. I did a two-week series. CNN was going to fly in here. And why are you doing that against that and whatever? And, of course, by the time they got here, before they got here, it all disintegrated. The whole thing went down the tubes. Many people will never be back in church again because the guy was having sex and drunk every night while he's on the, on the, on the platform supposedly healing people. It was just a disaster. But, see, sometimes we just have to speak up because Satan's a great deceiver. During the Revelation... Satan is going to perform all kinds of miracles. And when people see it, they're going to go, whoa, that's from God. See, Satan can perform miracles. Go back to the Exodus. Moses would do something. What would the false leaders do? Pharaoh, they'd do the same thing. So be careful. Everything you read looks good. Be careful. That's why we watch what's in our bookstore. Because there's lots of stuff that just isn't right. Now, Next group are the dynamic gifts. Notice this. The power to do. The power to do. And these are faith, healings, and miracles. Now, if there's any three that kind of blend together, you can't really sometimes differentiate these. These are kind of just operating together. Look at verse 9. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one spirit to another, verse 10, miraculous powers. So let me give you the gift of faith to start. Here's the definition. The gift of faith is not saving faith, but a supernatural faith imparted by the Holy Spirit that enables a Christ follower to believe God for extraordinary and miraculous Every one of us in here have the gift of faith to believe. God gave us that ability. So it's saving faith. This is not that kind of faith. Now, turn with me to Acts chapter 3. I think it will help you as we go through it. Remember, as Peter preached, 3,000 people became saved, and saving faith was operated. And, And all of a sudden, by the way, I believe in his sermon, he had words of wisdom, he had words of knowledge, he had prophecies, all kinds of things going through there, because he didn't prepare that sermon. God was given it to him as he spoke. It was amazing. Same with Stephen's sermon in Acts chapter 7. It's a phenomenal sermon. Again, just used by the Spirit. Now, Peter and John healed this man who had never walked in this whole scenario. And people, when they saw it, there was a couple of things that they were starting to praise later, Peter and John. Wow. Remember one time Paul did the same kind of thing? And man, you're gods. You're one of our Greek gods. Paul said, whoa, 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 I'm not a Greek god. It wasn't me. So when they started asking Peter what was happening, how was this man who had been like this his whole life, how was he healed? Look at verse 16. This is an amazing answer. And this is the picture of the gift of faith. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man who you see and know was made strong. Well, whose faith was it? That was Peter's faith. It was a gift of faith. It could be a gift of healing. It could be a gift of miracle at the same time. I mean, it's hard to distinguish him. It is Jesus' name and faith that comes through him that has given the complete healing to him, as you can now see. So this was Peter's answer as to how this crippled man from birth was supernaturally healed. This isn't a slow healing. Anytime we bang a foot or cut a whatever, God has healing in us. He just, I mean, our nature, he just heals it. 
This is a man who hasn't ever walked, gets up and runs. That's supernatural. Peter says, that's exactly how. Now, look back at Acts chapter 3, verse 6. Look how this operated. As they were walking in, this man reached out and look at him. Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. What did he have? At that moment, he had either a gift of faith, a gift of knowledge. He had a supernatural healing. He had one of the gifts that just rose up. I mean, no way you and I are going to say that in the natural. But supernaturally, Peter knew in his heart that God was going to heal this man right now. You know the end of the encounter. God healed him. Now, not only did that man walk, what happened to the kingdom of God as a result of that? Another 2,000 got saved. See, so all of these things were never bought. Peter knew enough not to take it. Well, it was me. No, it wasn't him. It was a gift that was used through him. And it expanded the kingdom of God again. Purpose, build up the body of Christ. Now, what was all that really? Probably the gift of healing and miracles operated with the gift of faith. Don't worry about how to define it. Just that the guy walked away. That's all that matters, right? Praise the Lord. Now, go back to 1 Corinthians 12, 9. To another... Notice, circle this in your Bible and always help you to remember, gifts, plural, gifts of healing by that one spirit. So here's the definition of that. Gifts of healing, plural, healings, plural, are those healings that God performs supernaturally by the spirit. The plural A lot of discussion about that among commentators. The plural suggests that there are many sicknesses, obviously, and diseases. And the gift is related to the healing of many disorders. Now, notice the gifts and healings are both in the plural. It indicates various gifts to heal all kinds of sicknesses. Now, that means the Holy Spirit wants to use a variety of people to minister these gifts. Probably we come to this definition. No one person can say, I have the gift of healing. No, no one has the one gift of healing because these are gifts of healings. So I think you have to be very careful. When a person does that, they kind of go, well, I can just heal it. That's a gift God gave me. I can just heal however I want to heal. I struggle with that because I don't really think that's there. God is the only one who heals and he receives the glory. Not I have the gift of healing. I have to be careful with that. Now, people can be used because they have faith. They can develop that. But when you think of gifts of healing, why is that in the scripture? Well, it brought people to Christ. It brought many people to salvation. He went through the country. Many times, what did Jesus do? He healed them all. Today, Pastor Mark taught more about the spiritual gifts available to the Christ follower. He found out about the different categories of gifts and when and where they should be used. You were reminded that these gifts are supposed to be part of the Christ follower's life today. You were shown through the scripture places where these gifts were put into use. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. 
subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Next time, Pastor Mark will be wrapping up this message, Spiritual Gifts. You'll hear about the danger of counterfeit spiritual gifts and the importance of using spiritual discernment backed by the Bible to tell the difference between the real and the fake. You'll be reminded about the goal that God has for the use of these gifts and why they're needed in the church today. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a herd